Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing. I'm your host, Don Damari. Hi, I'm Don Damari, and you're listening to another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, I have a guest with me, Joe, aka Reiki Joe with Hug Your Roots, is here. And Joe was a guest on this podcast when it launched back in late 2017 long time ago. So hi, Joe. Hey, Don. Great to be back and reconnect with you. Good to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, you were one of the early guests, the original guests on A Teaspoon of Healing back in the day. So crazy. And it's crazy. And the world is a lot different now, I think, than 2017, 2018. I agree um, for pretty much everybody. Absolutely. (laughs) It's been crazy. That's for sure. Totally. Well, it's really great to have you back. Thank you. And a lot has gone on with you. We had chatted before we started recording. So if you would like to share a little bit about what's been going on with you and your healing journey. I know you oh had told gosh. me you had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, crazy. It's been a crazy ride um, since we last spoke. And it's funny because, um, yeah, 2017 was when I had my spiritual awakening and life changed quite a bit for me, leaving my corporate career and venturing into the energy healing world, which still looking back is like, wow, quite the leap in life has definitely changed quite a bit since then. I was diagnosed in 2019 with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after a brief stay at a rehab center up in Prescott, Arizona for cannabis use, I guess you could say excessive cannabis use, at least as far as how my family saw it. And they basically did an intervention with me after I had a few episodes where I'd wake up at night feeling nauseous and I would collapse or pass out. Um, Luckily, my partner was awake and found me and helped me come back to my senses, not going to get checked out, not understanding totally what was happening, Um, assuming it was cannabis, which I would frequently use after my awakening, especially to help me kind of ground into my body. I guess some people say that like they use drugs or alcohol to numb and it definitely would calm me down. So I wouldn't feel so much around me after my awakening. It was like my energy was through the roof and I was super sensitive to the energy in and around me, people, places, things. It was really overwhelming, not understanding how I needed to protect my energy. I would push through. I was trying to get my business going nonstop, not taking care of myself the way I needed to. My family felt it was the cannabis that was causing me to be sick and collapse in the evening and that I needed help, basically. And I appreciate them. Of course, I love them so much. Because after one night I had an episode, I I wasn't coming back to my senses quite so fast. And the ambulance came and got me, took me to the hospital. And basically an intervention took place with my mom and my now ex-wife to get me the help I needed. I was a little little reluctant, but I agreed to go. And I said, I may need this cannabis or this medicine to help me get through whatever it is I'm dealing with. So I kind of had a sense like something wasn't right with me. 
and that the medicine as I saw it or know, know it to be would help me get through what I needed to do. So I went up to the rehab center in Prescott, which is like the capital of rehabs, apparently per capita. I guess they have like the most rehabs. And if you're ever up in Prescott, it's beautiful um, pine mountains and a lot of white vans from all the places up there. So if you're in Prescott, you see a white van with a bunch of people, wave to them and give them some love because they're going through whatever they're going through. And even though I did not want to be away from my family, I thought, oh, maybe this will be like a little two-week thing in the Valley, maybe Scottsdale. But they chose this place up in Prescott because I love the outdoors and this place had the outdoors and all the activities I like to do. Got up there, quite a crazy experience. They take your phone. I had limited access to connecting with my family, my children. Um, They take everything from it. You know, you don't even have a wallet. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. But I met some amazing people all on their journeys. Part of it was they needed me to do a TV test. And I was like, no, I don't need to do all that stuff. However they do that. But I was just like, no, I'm, you know, I'm like holistic guy now. I'm not doing Western, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, if you don't, um, we can also do a, a chest x-ray to let you pass through or whatever, however they need to, the diagnostics they were using. And I reluctantly agreed to that too. And that's when they discovered that I had a tumor in my chest. So around twenty day 28 of the 45 days, I decided I needed to go home and take care of this. They wanted to take over. My care, which I don't know, it didn't feel right. Rehab's quite quite an interesting place. I really believe you have to want to be better to get better. And not everybody was there for that purpose. Some people I see. were there through court orders. Um, anyways, I, I told them I needed to go home and take care of my health and be with my family. Even my mom, who was part of this getting me up there, didn't really want me to come back. She wanted me to close it out. And I was like, I, I just can't do it anymore. I have to go home and get better. So I did go home. And like a few days later, I had another episode where I collapsed in the middle of the night. And So you had known there was already a tumor in, in your chest? Yeah. From the x-ray, but they hadn't diagnosed you yet. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were still at the rehab, you know, and plus, you know, it could have possibly have been progressing. Um, so there wasn't, you had not been diagnosed. Okay. Okay. So that must've been extremely stressful. Yeah, it kind of was. And I was like, Oh, this is not good. Um, I hope it's something different, even though I knew it just, I mean, it's just not a good situation to find out or be it. And, um, so I went home and again, I had that episode, like I said, so I ended up back in a hospital and, and, Again, I hadn't consumed cannabis at that point for like five weeks. Um, So I knew it wasn't that. I was, you know, in the hospital, they're doing a ton of tests and everything you can think of trying to figure out what this was and asking me if I was a smoker and all these things. Um, They they seemed kind of puzzled, which was kind of funny as I look back at why that was, but they, they, it didn't seem like they were on that track until Halloween 2019. Uh, they came in and said, oh, the oncologist will be here in the morning. And I was like, oh, and that's when I knew it was, I hadn't been told it was cancer, but I was like, oh, that's not a good thing. And that, that was pretty hard because I had to miss Halloween and with my children and not see them get dressed up and go out with them, which was, that, that hurt really bad. My mom was there. I said, I'm just going from one nightmare to the next. 
from this rehab where I felt I shouldn't have been all along, even though, you know, I got a lot out of it. I'm very grateful for the for the therapist that they provide because you do learn oh. about yourself. Oh, so you did have therapy when you were at the when you were at rehab. Yeah. yeah and so you thought day, that was pretty I, useful. I a therapist, which was I love that. That's what I like to do. I like yeah. to get in there and I do it a lot with clients and this time it was them doing it with me. So it's kind of, you know, that's my jam. I love that. I love getting to the root, so to speak, and figuring out what's going on. I had heard that there was therapy and rehab, but I hadn't really heard. I thought it was mostly geared towards, you know, recovery, but no, that's really interesting. But anyways, so you had found yeah. out, but yeah, so you were going to meet forward. with the oncologist and you did not, you weren't aware yet of your diagnosis, but you knew. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the cancer. The, the treatment plan was five days in the hospital of chemo straight. And then I'd go home for two and a half weeks and go back again. I did that six times, six rounds of five days. So you're looking at 30 calendar days of getting that stuff dripped into my body. You know, it's crazy. The cancer thing, like you see people and you're like, oh yeah. Um, Like you wouldn't have known I had cancer if you saw me like prior to, you know, I looked pretty healthy. I was quite active and, uh, but man, when they put the drugs in the body, you know, that's when like the hair falls out, your body changes because they're putting all these, these fluids in you. I'd come home from treatment and I would have like almost like a tire around my waist of the fluid that they would, you know, the constant IV, the drugs. And I would urinate pee for like every 30 minutes for, uh, like a day. And it would wow. my, it would shrink and take it right out of me. Like within two days, my body would like be back down to whatever normal normalish. Oh. But I was very fortunate; I did not get sick from the drugs that were giving me. Oh, things, I was wondering, really? Uh, yeah, from the chemo. And I had great support, like my family and friends, community. Holy cow! Like, wow, overwhelming and so grateful. Food brought to me and you know, it wasn't the hospital food and, and I'm a nutritionist and you're doing awesome things and congratulations <laughs> to you. You're a warrior of, and then such an advocate for helping people get better. And you need to know that. Yeah, the host. It's it. good that they yeah. brought you food. Cause I know we, when I did my clinical rotation, we would, you know, the family would bring in food and it was long, as long as it was, sometimes there would be a diabetic and the family you know, they can't bring in sweets, you know, stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. As long as it was okay with their diet, mainly if it was a choking hazard, that was the main thing. If they, some patients were on a, you know, they had a swallowing issues, but that's good that they brought in food for you. Yeah. So grateful. My mom would bring me lunch. Thank you, mom. Um, my wife would bring me meals from home and that really helped. And oh. it, it was hard being away. I'd come home and just cry. Like, because I missed it so much. It, the best feeling was getting out of that place. Um, yeah, I bet. Five, six days. I would be, on, I would be like uh, so high, like unbelievable. I'll never forget. I felt so amazing, like just playing the music, driving home with the windows down. Phoenix, you know, it's winter, but we can do that. I'd get home and just cry because I was like so happy oh, to be yeah. home and um, out of that place. It, hospitals are not fun. Um, no, they're not. It's the energy sucks. That's all I can say. And I, I try to keep, keep it light. Again, family would decorate my room. I have oh, really? there. I'd have, uh, what do you call it? The oil dispenser going. People would come see me. I was so grateful. And the staff there, the nurses were amazing. I got to give them 
credit that my mom was a nurse for 40 years. So I have a great appreciation for what they do. That's what gets you better. The, the love that you feel, friends, um, like somebody set up a GoFundMe account, which was amazing. It helped us so much. And like we were so overwhelmed with the love and we're so grateful for it. That's what healed us and helped us get through that. Because it's not like it's not like I had cancer. It's like my whole family had, had it, you know? And that's how it goes with sickness and family and stuff. So I did that. I finished my, um, my rounds of chemo. Actually, the, my last day of chemo, the sixth round, was in the middle of March. I think it was March 16, 2020. And that's the day when... Oh, boy. Yeah, right? The country shuts down for COVID. Oh, no. Like, right when you're no, done. Yeah, I had, like no, no immune system. And, you know, they're telling us, the, the news is telling us how bad this thing is. And yeah. the system is attacking your immune. The crazy thing is, like, a week before I left the hospital, they are like, you should probably you know, wear a mask when you're out and about. And that just is, it serves as a reminder to maybe watch who you're around. If somebody's sick, kind of mm-hmm. stay away, but it's not going to protect you. Like you just need to know that. I'm like, okay. Um, and then all of a sudden I get out and everybody's putting on masks thinking this thing is they're safe or they're protected. And I was, oh, that year was such a mess. That year was crazy. Uh, and it's so good that life. you got out of the hospital right before all that because exactly. all the complications coming in too, you know, and just yeah, workers and just dealing with all of that. Oh, I mean, not that it's ever great to, you know, be in the hospitals, but it's a good right. time that you got out, even though you got out and then the country shut down, at least you yeah. were out. During and like the, my last two times in there, two rounds, they, my kids weren't allowed to come in and see me because of the flu, right? Like it's oh, flu season. So we can't right. have kids in here. And I was like, oh, man, that's horrible, you know? Um, but anyways, I, w- I would try to be pretty active at the hospital. I'd walk all around the floor. Oh, okay. I was wondering that. I knew I had to move. Like, Well, that's great that you did that. I'd just sit there in bed, you know? I'd try to stretch. No, that's good that you did that. That's really good. It really was. I, and it's important. I mean, even if you're not sick, movement is medicine. We have to move these bodies. They're designed to move. Yeah. So then April rolls around, and then I find out, that the tumor was still active and I had to do radiation. And that hit me pretty hard because I wanted to be done. It, you know, it's a pretty intense situation. I didn't want to go back. Um, last time I left that hospital, I was like, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm done. I'm never going back. And then my dad passed away at the end of April 2020. He had been sick for quite a while. And it's bittersweet because he was suffering and had been suffering. Oh. Um, but it was just something else that kind of came forward. Sorry. And you kind of got to work through. And then, you know, with COVID, we, I didn't get to go to his funeral. It was back in New York. My mom drove his <gasps> ashes up there and I couldn't travel yet. I had to do my radiation treatment, which mm. started in May and went to June. It was like 20 visits of that. It was painless. You go in, they five minutes, you're done. It's kind of weird. Oh, really? Um, so you didn't experience any pain with it? Yeah. Thankfully, you know, no nauseous, no, you know, nausea or anything. I wasn't sick. Come home, they'd be like, you know, you got to stay away from little kids or old people for a couple hours. And I'm like, oh, God, that's great. And there's another thing about the chemo. I was like, oh, after chemo, you know, you got to come home. Don't let your family use the toilets that you're using. So I, my soul was, lack of a better term, pissed every time I had to go into that hospital. I understand it, that. I don't know. It didn't seem right for who I was, but... I didn't really feel I had options. It was no, that or, yeah. but I made it through and I'm grateful for it. 
the irony is I wanted to work with cancer patients right when I came out with my healing business. And apparently I had to experience it to be able to help them understand maybe for their healing. I don't know, but I, I believe that to be the situation with that part of it for sure. Wow. So crazy ride. And then uh, a few scans later, they, it showed that it wasn't as active. So I, I was able to stop treat, treatment and get the port taken out of my chest, which they said I had to keep in for a year after my... Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I had this thing in my chest I had never wanted to have. I'd take a shower. I couldn't even look at, look down Aww. because it kind of, you know, it kind of stuck out. It felt weird. It had like a tube that ran into my, like my neck area. Um, you can kind of see the tube and it was just not, ugh, it felt weird. I didn't like it. I'd go hiking and, and like it'd get all hot. You know, it's like plastic under your skin, you know, it's like, ooh. But it did make the therapy the, to receive the drugs easier um, yeah. when they poke it, you know. It's crazy. The whole cancer thing is crazy, how, how it works. You know, they come in and there's bunny suits and it's so dangerous that, you know, they can't just give it to you. They have to, like, put on all this gear and then throw it all off. Oh, the, you know, if you're an environmentalist, don't go to an oncology floor. You'll see plastic oh, going in the yeah, trash. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't even recycle and I get some of it. No, they, they can't. But, you know, it's like, wow, like I made so much trash. <laughs> Just me <laughs> times that by however many people out there. But anyway, um, no, it is. Um, it, it, and when they found that the it wasn't progressing anymore. Um, yeah. So since then, have you had, you've been... Just on the mend and yeah, yeah, it's a slow process. I was surprised how long it took my body to kind of bounce back as part of it. I mean, it was not well for a long time and I had to move a lot of stuff through it. And part of, and you know, a big thing about cancer is like if you have a tumor and it, you know, you try to kill it, right? It that it actually is a part of you. There's a death and you feel part of you dying. It's kind of a weird thought to think of it that way, but part of you is dying. Well, part of you created that cancer so there's a death happening within you and it's part of you um and you feel it and it gets really dark and heavy at times oh, I, I don't know how to describe it and i just sit there and cry i think it was like a few weeks after my first treatment i felt guided to go get some cannabis to help me um just oh, i was wondering that if you, yeah support yeah, my you... therapy i knew i was I knew it probably wouldn't look good after what I had been through, but it wasn't about that. I knew it would help me heal. And um, so I went to a dispensary that I used to go to and they knew me because I did work in the industry. And they also did a, a fundraiser for my family, which I'm super grateful. Like the cannabis community, I did a lot of work, energy work in the cannabis, cannabis community in Phoenix. And they all, they, they stepped up for our family, my family and uh, did fundraisers. They did like this thing called Joints for Joe. <laughs> just oh, kind of really? That's crazy. I like that. That's yeah, that was kind of cool. And um, they, you know, presented us with the funds and everything. And I'd go in and they would give me medicine. Uh, I got home. I consumed some. And I found myself dancing in the kitchen. And I felt I could literally feel my vibration increase. And I was so like grateful for that. Cause I was, you get so that the drugs really drive your vibration like down, right? It's heavy. Yeah. It, it, it is heavy. It, it, yeah. The pharmaceuticals are a heavy energy. They're, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot behind that. You can think of it what you want, but you feel it, especially when you're super sensitive to energy, you feel, you feel it. I felt it. And to be able to consume plant medicine and feel my body literally like almost like jumping up for joy. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like I felt good for the first time in a long time, feeling so much more optimistic about everything. And it helped me. I don't know what else to say. Like super grateful for it. It helped me get through it. I also got Reiki. So I was, I got to receive and it was hard for oh, me. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. To be like open and to be on the other end and receive the truth. Being strong isn't fighting off the emotions or the tears or how you're feeling. Being strong is feeling them, accepting them and allowing them to move on. And I learned that through the whole experience as well. So true strength is being vulnerable, right? Not. I like that. I like how you were saying, but did that what you just said? You're right. It's true strength is being vulnerable, not just always powering through it. You hear about strength, like we yeah. should just power through things, but being vulnerable, feeling it, going through it. I just want to say, you know, you're it's so inspirational. You're really a survivor. I mean, you we're really all are. survivors. It's know. true, but you know, do you have any? advice for anybody who might be listening who has been diagnosed either with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma or any other, yeah. another type uh, of cancer? That- you'll beat it. You're, you're strong. Your body, all it wants to do is heal. Um, you're powerful. You're more powerful than any disease. You have, you have the power. Your mindset, it does matter. And you, like I just said, you know, if you feel stuff, feel it. Don't shove it aside. You're just going to repress it. You don't want that to get in the way of your healing. You know, if you feel bad, feel bad. It's okay. You know, give yourself the grace, the compassion uh, that you need. Because a lot of times we don't do that and we end up getting dis-ease and it may express as a cancer or this or that thyroid or whatever. Honor yourself. uh, Be gentle with yourself. Love yourself. Open yourself to receive what people are doing. Somebody sent me something or said something during my treatment that said, when people offer help, allow it because it supports their spiritual growth. It helps their spirit grow. You know, somebody wants to make your family a meal or something. You may be, oh, no, no, we got it. Open up and say, thank you. Allow it. It doesn't just help you. It helps the person because they're feeling it too. Uh, Whether it's a friend, family, people want to help and you can receive and be grateful for it and that heals you. Love heals. Love heals. It's the highest frequency. The more that you can get in and on and around you, however that is, it's going to raise your vibration and allow that denser energy to leave the body so you can heal, right? So Yes. And everybody's journey is different and how they see it, but it isn't the end. And oftentimes it's the beginning. And, um, It can be the beginning of a beautiful relationship with yourself. And obviously, I needed to experience that to learn more of how to love and receive. I'm super grateful for the experience. Not what I wanted, but apparently what I needed. And all I can hope to do is hold space for those going through, whether it's cancer, any tough situations, and show them that they have what it takes or they have the tools to work through it or get through it, survive, so to speak. But we're all survivors. We're, we're all pretty amazing if you think about it. We're all here doing this thing, this life thing. Every day truly is so 
wonderful. Like every day you'll receive a gift if you're open to seeing it. And, I really um, like that because we, we can sometimes forget about that when we're either we're sick or if we're yeah. sad about something or going through something just to be able to be open to the day. And there's a gift in every day that True. we're alive. If you have your health, you do have everything. And that's yes. bad. But there, there were days I was like, I just want to go to bed to escape this nightmare. Right? Like usually you go to bed to rest or... I wanted to go to bed to get out of the, it was a nightmare at periods that I was living. Like, I don't, it was, it was rough. It was tough. But again, like the tools I learned up at the rehab facility helped me. The Reiki helped me receive it from amazing practitioners that I know and love here. Amazing. There's amazing communities of healing, probably in most places, but I know Phoenix has, has great great healers. And I'm super grateful to know a lot of them. And gosh, like this was four years ago, how quickly time does pass. And we get back to this mm-hmm. crazy life of like, go, go, go. And mm-hmm. uh, I've had to learn to adjust my speed That's true. To, to power through, like you said earlier, that mindset isn't that isn't good. I don't think anymore. Like it's outdated. I, like, I agree. I agree. It is updated. It doesn't serve us. Yeah, look around us. Go, go, go. We got these devices and cars. Even after the pandemic, like things were slowed down a little bit. For most people, probably not healthcare workers and stuff, but for most people, things were slowed down. And now it's, you know, it's back. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was tough, it was really tough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We went on a little too long, but. um, Two weeks, You know, but now it's, yeah, go, go, go. But we never really processed. I feel like, Collectively, we haven't really processed it yet. Yes, and, and we're we've been yeah. impacted greatly, um, traumatized in so many ways, um, and collectively, we're going through a massive healing, awakening as well, so. and that's great. I think so too, because it's time for these systems to be reconfigured, die, however you want to say it. I agree. For the light to show, it's really showing. You know, we're receiving a lot of light energy on Earth right now, more than maybe ever. And that's for great cause to expose the darkness, right? So we're all seeing it. And that's what this beautiful energy is showing us. And it's love. The darkness is, I say fighting, but it's like really trying to hold its ground and it can't. It's being overpowered because love is the greatest power ever, right? As horrible as these times are. And I I think it's going to get a little more challenging for us. It's a great thing because things have to get better for humanity. It just, we're, we, we too, we're sick, right? We're sick. It's almost like the earth had cancer in and of itself, right? <laughs> it's like, wow. No, it's true. We, it's true. We, there's a little more than just this, what we see and do on a daily. There's something larger at play. And some people say, we'll say God, universe, whatever it is for you. And we have to come together and support one another. And that's the interesting thing about the whole COVID thing was it was all about division. And it really, it still has mm-hmm. people divided. It does. Just like all the, the news and the, the oh. propaganda, you know, these phones, mm-hmm. yep. you know. Yeah, they're cool. They're a tool. But wow, what a, it can go both ways, right? Like they can. Definitely put, can. Yeah. And it's in our face nonstop unless you're allowing yourself time and space away from it. Yeah, it, and I do. But when I know that like all, any of us can be susceptible to 
to it and to the division. You realize you get caught up in it and maybe not talk to someone for a while or something like this or have falling out with, you know, friends or family because of just stuff on the phones. And then, but to not feel bad about it, you know, you can, it can always be fixed, I think. But it's really sad because it could really be used and can be and is used as as a tool to connect too. And heck yeah. Wow. Rather than divide, they're just, but right now it seems, I don't know. This could be another a topic for a different podcast, probably. For but, sure. But we're gonna we, we have to learn like these things. Um they're almost like the new cigarettes in a sense, right? They're giving dopamine hits out. Um, yep. they're a tool for good forces, the bad forces if you want to call them, the light, the dark, however you want to put it. Um and they're just they're so in, a, in intertwined with our existence right now. We need to look each other in the eye, eyes, we need to hug each other. Yeah, a lot more of that. I think yeah. we should connect and do another podcast about this. We totally can. Yeah, but Let's yeah, for real. But yeah, we need right now, collectively, I feel we're being called inward to work through our dark, our own little darkness or shadows and love it up so that we can love others, right? I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and That's great. your healing story was, was so amazing and inspirational. And I know it'll help people. And also about the little discussion we had about, you know, the energy and the shift and I appreciate yeah. it. And I'd love to have you come back on and talk about that more. I also wanted to ask though, before we sign off, if you wanted to talk about, you know, hug your roots and, you know, yeah, sure. So, Huggy Roots. Your info. Yeah, is the name of our little company. I say, <laughs> me and my guides. Um, but hug the hug stands for healing through understanding and gratitude. I love to support others in their own healing journeys. We are so powerful, and to be able to connect with folks and allow them to see something that they're not able to because we get so like fixated on things experiences and how we feel maybe at, even at certain points in our life be able to look at all sides of it that's why i love the reiki like it shows it isn't just this it's all of this and this is where that is connected to this and that and you get to go there and adjust that for yourself any which way you want to and you have that power it's pretty awesome. That and how can people get in touch with you to work with you? They can call me at 602-422-3266. Find me on Instagram at Hug Your Roots or email me, reikijoe at protonmail.com. I don't know if you've heard of protonmail. But oh, I have. That's so it's reikijoe at protonmail.com. Yeah. I just want to be your reiki dude, you know? I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> It's fun. It I really love getting in there and and making it fun for the person. Yeah, sure, we cry. Yeah, we we have those moments, and that's great. But that's that's all stuff that has to move, right? Yes. I love that people honor that space for themselves. We we are amazing beings. It's crazy the stories we tell ourselves, right? And we can we can rewrite that anytime. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, you, Joe. It's so great. Oh, I love you too, Joe. You. Thank you. To- it was really great to talk to you again. And I'm going to have you come back on. We'll discuss. We'll go into more detail with what we were discussing at the end of the show. Yeah. Totally. I really appreciate you coming on. And I hope yeah. you have a great rest of your evening over there in Arizona. And Heck yeah. I will talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Peace. Thank you. 
Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost. And we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance, and specialty margaritas. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of the use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.